start with reading from his profile at Matthew Pollard underscore the rapid growth guy host of better business coach podcast characterized as a true differentiation niche marketing and sales systemation powerhouse Austin Texas Matthew Pollard dot com and uh, 14196 uh, you are following that and you have 14137 followers welcome to the show Matthew Thank you very much, mate. I'm happy to be here. Great. So how how are things in Austin, Texas? <laughs> if you must ask, they're very cold at the moment. But uh, yes, uh, we're about to start to get out of the winter season now, which I'm excited about. Yeah. And and with your accent, are you really coming from uh, uh, Texas? Yes. Yeah, so most people uh, find it hard to believe that I'm actually from uh, Austin, Texas. I'm actually originally from Australia. I've only lived in yeah. Austin for the last few years. Yeah, great. So down under to the mid uh, to the west, western country. Great. Well, uh, so, still, still both western countries, but yeah. uh, the the complete other side of the world, definitely. Yeah, and I started out when I did podcasting with the help from from a, a guy in Australia called Prodos, and that was that was in two thousand six. So I interviewed people in, in America and Sweden and other places and I got help from the podcasting studio in Australia. So that was fascinating with the technology. And today oh, we are testing the um, uh, app uh, using uh, recording of this conversation. And a, a little of backstory. Uh, your assistant uh, reached out to me and, and uh, wanted to be on the show. And then we scheduled uh, this uh, meeting with a virtual assistant and artificial intelligence called uh, X.ie uh, for artificial intelligence. So now we are here and uh, having a conversation about uh, what's going on in your life and what what your plans for the future. So uh, what's happening right now, Matthew? Well, at the moment, there are a few things, I guess. Uh, I've just uh, won a bunch of awards before uh, before the end of the year. So I um, am putting together a couple of new products um, at this state, start of the year uh, and uh, looking forward to launch them uh, about uh, June, uh, June, July later on. So, uh, yes, yeah, some very exciting things happening at the moment around the concepts of, well, my, my podcast success, which was Better Business Coach, and um, my personal uh, branding, which is all around rapid growth. Yeah. And what do you mean by rapid growth? Is it in time or in revenue or both or some other kind of measurement? Well, rapid growth can mean a number of things depending on the individual. So rapid growth for one person can mean taking on uh, lots of additional staff and growing a business to a larger size. Uh, rapid growth for other people can mean uh, getting themselves busy enough that they feel comfortable to put their prices up. And they can start charging more for additional work. Uh, so it's it's really um, really a concept that comes down to what the actual individual is looking for. Uh, a lot of people that I've I've worked with focus on just getting a high, higher hourly rate. They're charging well less than they can afford to be charging uh, in their business just because they don't have enough customers. So we seek to increase that. My primary goal is to increase profit, not to increase revenue, and that can be done by uh, just increasing hourly rates and making sure that they get more billable hours, or it can be done by 
getting a lot more staff into a business and, and rapidly growing that. But again, sometimes that comes with risks and we have to make sure that, uh, that those risks don't take away from the profit. And as you have also an input profile to uh, difference you, yourself and your services from others and also have uh, find your niche, uh, do you help people in coaching with that also? Yeah, I spend a lot of time uh, helping people with that. So I've, I've worked with large corporate organizations and also very small businesses. I work with between four and six uh, small to medium uh, businesses every single month uh, to try and uh, help them expand their brand. And look, I've been very, uh, very lucky to have uh, done so uh, well with all of my clients. Uh, one of the major things I focus on is, is really helping them understand how to differentiate uh, themselves with a unified message that encapsulates what they do in a congruent way. I find a lot of branding and marketing experts try and come up with something that sounds cool mm. or something that's SEO friendly, where my focus is really on bringing it back to what their core is and what's congruently them. Then secondly, I, I, I do, I focus uh, heavily on niche marketing because I'm a big believer that if you speak to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. So as a result, I like to really focus in on, on the niche market. And then third, I like to help them craft a sales system that actually works. And by focusing on those three principles, uh, then yeah, it works. It works very well, and my clients have all had great success. Uh, I mean, these principles are all ones that I apply myself. My podcast I launched, uh, and then within 24 hours, it hit new and noteworthy in three separate continents in both video and audio format, which is pretty unheard of in the industry, especially for a little niche podcast like mine. Uh, I launched my Twitter profile uh, in May last year. Uh, that's to say, I had 184 followers or 168 followers that I wasn't really working uh, too hard to grow. I put my rapid growth strategy uh, together and uh, within seven months I was listed by Evan Carmichael as the, most, uh, the 43rd most retweeted business coach on Twitter. Oh. Uh, I launched my website in February last year. Nine months later, it was uh, inducted into the International Sales Blogger Hall of Fame. So really, really whatever um, you focus on, if you follow the principles of differentiated and unified message and niche market in the sales system, you'll always obtain rapid growth. Mm. Interesting. It's, it's inspiring to hear because I, I have been blogging and podcasting for a long time and I haven't had that, but I have had a steady growth, you could say, over over time. Uh, but it's fascinating to hear and, and um, could learn about that. And it's also a bit funny that I'm talking to you now because you reached out through your assistant and uh, the, my... Uh, previous podcast here interview was with uh, Daryl Urbanski and his uh, podcast name is uh, uh, bestbusinesscoach.ca so and here you have better business coach podcast so it's uh, it's fun with the names there <laughs> well i guess a lot of people try and work within specific yep. industries uh, so they're always looking for the better name uh, but for, as far as i'm concerned my, my branding was, is, is quite strong, and as a result, um, you know, I, I do get a great listenership. I, I think that if you try and own any market, well, then you're just going to be setting yourself up for failure. It's never going to happen. And if, if people copy you or if, if you're the, if, or if you're not the market trendsetter, that doesn't matter. It's about coming back to something that's more congruently with, uh, with you. So when I worked out the Better Business Coach name, that was primarily about delivering on a need that all business coaches had, which is that they wanted 
to be better at being business mm. coaches. But predominantly, my message is not about being a better business coach. My message is all about mm. rapid growth. So I give them what yep. they want, which is all about giving them the worksheets that they need to be better business coaches. I've got 155 templates, uh, which I give away uh, quite a few of those mm. on the podcast uh, and teach them how to use those, which a lot of coaches don't really have. They don't have those worksheets that they can really utilize. Uh, secondly, that I give them ideology and training on how to be a better business coach. But what I give them that they need is the strategies about how to grow and sell, uh, well, how to sell business coaching, how to grow their business. That's, uh, that's great to hear and uh, interesting. And uh, I've been um, thinking about that also myself and the introspection, how to become more niched in, in, in so on in a way and also differentiate my services from others and uh, mainly it has to do with your personal branding also and you have a fascinating um, story i read your bio do you do you want to uh, tell the listeners uh, a bit about your your past and uh, so on and what you have gone through uh look i mean it's it, it's feel free to ask me any questions you like but i mean my my this in simple terms when i left high school i had a reading speed of a sixth grader far from anyone that was going to be highly successful and 10 years later i uh, had been responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories now i help people from all over the world uh, more importantly i guess i was actually quite introverted and terrified mm. to sell uh, and even terrified to talk to my own friends, let alone actually going out and communicating with people like I, I do now every day. And how I got over that was that I actually learned how to sell mm -hmm. on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I know it surprises people that there's more than just cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> I but like that's how cat I videos. Learned. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and look, they, yeah. they all have their place. What was surprising to me was that mm. there were other things there, and I taught myself so many skills through YouTube tube on how to actually sell and get market acquisition. And then as a result of that, I then found that a lot of salespeople were focusing on just selling and working really hard there. And I came up with the conceptuality that if you start mm. with sales, you've already lost. Because if the branding's not done, then you're always going to be working harder than you mm. need to to get clients. I guess one of the things that makes me uniquely different is that I started in the land of door-to-door -door sales, the stuff that most people don't want to have anything to do with and mm. are terrified to do themselves. Then I went back and I did my MBA, so I now understand marketing from a perspective of an MBA graduate. But the problem is most people that do a high-level MBA haven't had the sales experience. And most people that have done sales generally don't know marketing. So as a result, there's a disconnect between the two and they almost seem like they're opposing parties even though they should be playing on the same team. I'm also a master in NLP, which is the study of, well, the study of mm. thought, neuro-linguistic programming. And as a result of that, I have a firmer understanding of what words to use to motivate people to buy and how to frame things in the right way. And one of the things we learn about sales, even though, as I said, if you start with sales, you've already lost and you need to work out what your unique message is and what your niche market is, because then this becomes even more powerful. And that is that you can actually use a process or a series of steps that you follow in sales. And if you follow them one by one, it just leads to a sale as, a, as opposed to having to eventually mm. ask for it, which is uncomfortable. 
And what I find is I've, I've worked with a lot of people to help script that, including my own sales organizations where I've been known to, to script a sale from the hello all the way through my jokes, all the way through to the close at the end. And as a result, it takes out the infrequency. It almost becomes the McDonald's, would you like fries with that? Okay. So that's interesting to hear and I want to dive into it a bit more. I have a mentor and a friend uh, that I also doing um, business together with uh, projects and he's uh, back in, in sales and also banking industry and uh, so these kind of things and also have people with each, um, in economical problems. And I'm coming from the uh, purchasing side in the uh, industry, manufacturing industry. So it's interesting to see from a different side, but at the same time, it's two two sides from the same coin. So and it's interesting to see that you say about that if you start with sales or sales tactics and so on, it's it's wrong from the beginning. But for me, then how do you do these um, phrases and so on? Like, do you want fries with that in a natural way, so it doesn't uh, sound? How do you say? Yeah. Well, what you're saying is how do I yeah. not sound robotic yeah. and scripted? Yeah, and the answer to that is don't be yeah. robotic and scripted. The, see, the reason why scripting doesn't work for a lot of people is twofold. One is that they use words mm. that aren't natural and as a result they feel uncomfortable. But secondly, they don't practice and learn them. I mean, you think about a person that's delivering Shakespeare. They're not their words, yet it sounds so relaxed and so natural. Why? because they've spent so long practicing it. Now, these people are working off-off-Broadway sometimes for cents in the dollar, yet they still know the script very, very well, and they're still delivering it perfectly, and it sounds natural. Now think about your favorite movie that you watch on TV or your favorite TV show. They're not your favorite because it sounds robotic and scripted. They're your favorite because what they do sounds so natural and you identify with them. Now, if they hadn't have spent time learning the script well, then unfortunately, they'd be really, really uncomfortable too, and you would change the channel. What generally happens is somebody will write a script that's not natural, that has no unique differentiators, that doesn't speak directly to an individual group, which means they're picking up the phone and speaking to the wrong people. And then on top of that, they probably wrote the script, and now they're delivering it within five hours of getting handed it, as opposed to spending a day or two really learning and embracing and making it their own so that when they finally deliver it, it's as natural to them, it's even more natural to them than just coming up with what to say on the spot because they've got that now as a resource rather than, oh, what do I say next? Sounds good and sound advice. So it's practice, 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 and get it to find your natural voice. That's often what I'm talking with, with blogging and other social media activities. So, yeah. Uh, in the bio also, it's uh, uh, some um, tragic thing you could say, or, or uh, it, you said that you were harassed and it also got some, was it glassing, but uh, some ex uh, some uh, violence <laughs> there? Yeah, so look, I tell people that because it's important that people understand. I, th I think that a lot of people, when they hear about somebody that is a, you know, the, the number one salesperson in the largest sales and marketing company in the Southern Hemisphere that then goes on to create very successful businesses, uh, become a public speaker, 
create podcasts. And also, if you look at my bio photos these days, it looks like potentially I'm, I'm not a bad looking guy um, who has, um, you know, a lot going for me. And I, I like to bring mm. people back to where I first started. When I first started, I had ridiculous, well, horrible acne. I was really, really uncomfortable about that. I used to have braces. And while I was selling for the first time, I did have braces. And then thirdly, when I was just starting to get the hang of sales and I was starting to feel really, really comfortable, I actually went through an incident where I was at a work, uh, a, a work um, engagement. And as a result of somebody that was across the room fixated on me who I've never met before, he actually uh, ran across the room and, yeah, stabbed me in the head with a glass twice. And it resulted in requiring uh, 26 stitches uh, to the side of my face. I missed my eye by about a millimeter. Otherwise, I'd be blind and I'd have a glass eye. Um, but the, the, the truth is that all of that that happened, regardless, during that time, I still was able to sell. I was still able to penetrate and get new customers. I was still able to help and educate others on how to do so. So it has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. It has everything to do with learning the systematic process that you need to follow to be successful. And secondly, actually spending the time learning it and implementing yep. it. That's uh, great. Uh, good good story there. And, and it's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating and a bit scary at the same time and, and good it's not ending, but good progress. So, um, well, I, I'm quite well known for saying these days that the adversities we experience yep. in our life seed the success of our future. And the reason why I believe that so heavily is that the reading speed issue, the glassing, all of these things that happened make my ability to help people believe that they can do it too much more profound. And perhaps that's added to my success slightly, but everybody has a glassing story. Everybody has an adversity they've had to overcome that makes their skill sets uniquely different. See, most people say, well, how do I differentiate? I'm a business coach or I'm a, I'm a copywriter or I'm an SEO specialist or I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer. And the answer I always say is, well, let's come back to what makes you uniquely different. How do you differentiate yourself from everybody else in the market. And when we do that, what we need to do is we need to look down and say, well, what are the unique abilities that you have that everybody else doesn't? What are the things that you deliver above and beyond the pure functional perspective skill that you have that allows you to make so many clients within a certain segment love you and want to give you referrals, uh, reviews, and want to pay you more money? Once you realize that, then you actually will see that your own adversities and your own experiences and your own additional study have led to and seeded your own success. And in that way, we could come into the so-called philosophical segment. It's through the whole conversation uh, with uh, fundamentalists. But when I hear your story there, I, I often don't quote him, but uh, I think he said that right. And that was Friedrich Nietzsche saying, that you that you that w wouldn't kill you, uh, and then you will become stronger. If it doesn't kill you, it uh, get you more strong, and, and so on. And uh, definitely, definitely so, the case. And, and 
in in a some kind of segue we talked before the conversation that we had on Skype and about uh, that I have around half time uh, the segment that we call uh, trader principle and uh, coined by Miss Rand uh, author and philosopher and the main thing there is how you have an exchange of ideas and values as we are having now a conversation and it was uh, again fa fascinating when how you reached out for your assistant that you want to come on on the show and then that got me co curious and I, I did some research and, and read uh, on you and, and when we have back and forth um, uh, conversation uh, through your assistant and through the, this virtual assistant that I have and, and uh, because this is uh, like trading in time and so on and you're a busy person so I, I thank you for taking time and but it's a freely exchange so what's your take and thoughts on this? I think that a lot of people avoid exchange of services because especially when they're trying to start their own businesses because they're very busy and any person that wants their services mm. should be their client because yeah. they should be paying money for their services what they don't understand is especially within a small network of close friends uh and the exterior relationships that you have with other people that every business needs services and if I was to get paid from you to provide you business coaching and then I need to set up a membership site and I need to pay somebody to do that, well, then the money I get from you goes to that person anyway. I think what people don't understand is that when you have a, a business, it's not like receiving money like a paycheck. So the money that you get paid has to be attributed to other expenses and other investments that you have to make in your own business. So when you get paid a sum of money, you have to constantly be focused that that money is not just yours to put away, it's your money to invest or pay on expenses. So how is that different than a reciprocal relationship that you have with somebody else that would come to you and say, look, I would be interested in doing this for you if you would do this for me? I think what commonly goes wrong at this stage, though, is when people look at reciprocal relationships, they look at an exchange of time, i.e., I will give you an hour of my time if you give me an hour of your time. Now, that's where things become slightly harder. I'll give you another example. Let's just assume that I was a professional writer and I charged about $50 an hour. Then I decided that I wanted to work with a business coach and I really wanted that business coach uh, to help me and assist me. Well, what they would do is they would come to each other and they'd say, well, I'll do an hour of writing for you if you were to give me a co an hour of coaching. Now, this is what's called a non-commercial exchange of services. Okay, it's not, um, it's not fair and equitable for both parties. Because the person that was the business coach, if indeed they're actively out there in the marketplace charging $500 an hour for coaching, then in a fair distribution would be mm. 10 hours of writing for one hour of coaching. So as long as you still run the distribution or exchange of services in that way, then that, in my view, is completely fine. Now, I have had people come to me that have offered me this, um, this option of a fair distribution of services and I have always from well from time to time I have looked at it if 
I indeed need that service for my business. However, I evaluate them like I would be paying for them. As a coach, I'm generally booked out uh, six to eight weeks in advance all the time. I have no trouble getting clients. So when I receive money in, I have to decide where that money should go. Now, if I'm going to exchange time for services, I'm actually going to have to take a paid client spot and turn it into a pro bono client spot in exchange for that service. So as a result, I don't evaluate them any differently at all. I interview them like I was going to be interviewing a trade partner, and then I evaluate whether or not that's the right decision for me. Now, I've done that with video studios. I've done that with ghostwriters. I've done it with email autoresponder people that have helped me write email, um, email sequences. I've also done it with PR agents before in the past. Now, is that something that I continually do on the long term with individuals? Sometimes, yes. I still have reciprocal relationships with uh, a couple of people now. However, is it something that I look as a primary function? Uh, no. And the reason for that is I could have 27 reciprocal relationships with a bunch of other people and none of us would ever make money. It should be something that you do occasionally on a case-by-case -case basis based on the fact that there is a relationship that you can see, i.e., this person has something that you want, they have, you have something that they want, you would have hired them anyway, and you have tested, the, you know, tested them and you believe after having some sort of form of interview that they are a good fit to work with you. Now, the next thing that goes wrong is that people, when they do this, they don't set specific deliverables on both sides because they're getting the service for free. No, they're giving up their most valuable resource, their time, in exchange for other people's time. Therefore, just like if you were writing a check for $5,000, you should make sure you understand what the deliverables are. You both should commit to things. You should both sign a contract just like you would if somebody was going to give you $5,000 in exchange for service, and then you both deliver. It should have very firm objectives, and it should have a very short time frame for delivery. Because after the first one, you kind of know that both parties are going to live up to their bargain. However, reciprocal relationships with a six-month uh, you know, six deliverable that's not defined, somebody's going to let the other party down. And that's why it has such a bad, um, a bad effect on a lot of people when it's suggested. Because if you had a service that I really wanted and you really wanted me to work with you, and if you charged twice as much as what I charged, then I would just exchange twice my hours for your specific hours. Why would money change hands? It doesn't make sense. But most people won't do that just because they've been let down before and it doesn't work. Thanks for your thoughts and, and uh, comments on that. That's interesting and fascinating and something to chew on. Uh, Matthew, what's your plans uh, for the future? What, what's up in the near future to come? Well, having only uh, arrived in the United States uh, a year and a bit ago now, mm -hmm. um, my uh, plan is always just to substantiate myself here. Uh, I'm well known uh, now in, in Austin. As a matter of fact, when I first got here, I didn't know a soul outside my girlfriend who had only moved here um, only a few months before I did. Uh, however, now I get invited to events as one of the most, um, most connected people in Austin. I now have a global brand because I've won international sales blogger awards. I'm listed for uh, being highly retweeted, a highly retweeted business coach. 
Uh, and as a result, my brand brings clients in from all over the world. Uh, the main step in stone for me at this stage is given the fact that I'm so highly uh, booked, booked in for my coaching is to leverage that because I want to be able to help more people and I want to be able to help people much, much cheaper than I can help them right now. And as a result, what I'm doing is I'm leveraging all of the content that I've spent my lifetime developing into a video series. And I'm doing it quite differently than the average video series. So the Rapid Growth University has actually had a bunch of my clients fly in from all over the world. And they all volunteered to come in at their own time and at their own cost because they wanted to show their belief in the content and how much it helped them. And they've all come in and the, the process is that instead of me speaking onto a camera and saying, this is why you should listen to me or here's the theory and you've got no way of knowing that it works, I'll be delivering the theory. My customers or my clients, if you like, will be explaining how they implemented that, what some of the barriers they hit were, some additional learnings that they had to make and the results that they had. So as a result, we're actually talking high-level case studies as opposed to here's the theory, trust me, it's going to work, which is much harder to take on whim, especially considering these days it's so easy for anyone to put together a video mm. series. So that's why I thought with my customers it would provide something uniquely different. So that's going to be called the Rapid Growth University, and that's going to come out later okay. on the year. I also have the Better Business Coach University, which is where I'm putting together videos on 155 templates on how to utilize, um, how to, uh, sorry, these templates are designed to help people coach businesses. Basically, the idea is that these templates I designed over the last 10 years to, and I've really created them and perfected them to work with clients. I had a principle that if any client asked me to coach them on anything, I would create a worksheet for, people, uh, for myself to use so that regardless of whether I was in a good mood, bad mood, whatever, I could use the template. The template basically coaches the client. I'm just facilitating the process. And now I'm training people on how to use those so that they can become better business coaches themselves. And that will be called the Better Business Coach University. And that launches again hmm. later on this right. year. Uh, where could we find these uh, resources in the future? Sure. So the best place to come is to matthewpollard.com, which is my website. Uh, you can find that by just typing in Matthew Pollard in Google. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. I come up about 80 or 90% of the links. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, which is at Matthew Pollard underscore. Uh, please add me to LinkedIn under just, uh, I've got a, a special uh, link at LinkedIn, which is just Matthew Pollard speaker, or you can just type in Matthew Pollard in LinkedIn and I should come up. Uh, but yeah, definitely reach out. And the best thing to do is if, if you are interested in creating your rapid growth message, which if you're a business wanting to grow your business, you should definitely be. If you're a business coach wanting to grow your coaching brand, you should definitely be. I actually give away on the front page of my website, if you click on that you want my help obtaining rapid growth, I actually give away 13 emails. And one of them even has a five-step process that I've created that have helped so many people come up with their own unique and unified message that differentiates them from the competition. So all you would have to do is put your email address in and you would start to receive those emails. And that way, when these products launch, you'll also be one of the first people I'll let know and you can become part of my beta launch uh, for people that are part of my mailing list. Great. Thanks for the info. Uh, when you are um, learning new stuff and, and uh, doing personal development and so on, uh, do you read any special books? Do you have any book tips or what, what are you reading or looking at at the moment? 
Sure. So when you're suggesting um, book tips and what I'm reading at the moment, so let's discuss book tips first. Obviously, having a reading speed of a sixth grader, clearly I wasn't exactly the kind of person that would pick up, especially when I was learning. That's why I learned off YouTube. I mean, I couldn't exactly pick up Brian Tracy's psychology of selling. Mm. So I had to learn different ways to acquire information. And what I found at that stage was was uh, was YouTube. However, now there are podcasts mm. and there are two other technologies that are worth mentioning. The first one is a product called Audible. Mm. Now, I listen to Audible books now because, again, reading is not my favorite thing. But I consume three books a week on Audible because I'm not sure if you've noticed, but Australians talk kind of quickly. And as a result, we also listen very quickly. But it is something you can train yourself to do. I listen to it at one time speed, then 1.5, then 2, then 2.5, then 3. So now I listen to an average six-hour book, which is the, you know, the average book is between four and six hours. Let's call it six just to keep numbers simple. I listen to it at three times speed, which means I consume a book that most people would take six hours to listen to in two hours. Now, maybe it takes me three because I'm taking notes from time to time. Now, I take the dog for a walk. Uh, say, um, four times a day when I'm at home. And it takes me about 15 minutes, which means I read a book in three days just by taking the dog for a walk. And that doesn't include other times that I, re- I, I listen uh, to, to books. I also consume a, hu- consume a huge amount of blog posts. And I do this by emailing them to a Google Ad Pocket account and then listening to them on a software called Lizgo. Now, again, you can listen to them at an a accelerated speed, and that means that I can consume more information than most people. Now, if you're asking what books I'd be interested in suggesting, there are several. Um, Robert Kiyosaki's um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad would be a wonderful book for people to understand the concepts of entrepreneurship and why they need to get out of that rat race that they blindly run into because that's what the world says we should do. Mm. Uh, the four-hour work week is a fantastic resource uh, for helping people understand how to manage their time on a more effective way. Now, when I say helps them understand, it doesn't give them practical skills on how to do so, but it does give them the mindset of how to look at time, and I think that's sensational. Uh, and then I would also suggest um, from the, the, the land of sales, I would suggest Brian Tracy's Psychology of Selling. It's a tremendous book. And it offers so much value for helping people understand the basics of sales scripting. Great. Thanks for book tips. I have uh, read uh, the two of them and I've uh, read others with uh, Brian Tracy, but I will check that out. Uh, and thanks for uh, mentioning Audible. Uh, I have a link there called audibletrial.com forward slash ego netcast if the listeners want to test it out and get a free book for 30 days. and. Uh, See if I want to continue the service. You're great, giving great arguments for for this kind of service. And what was the name of the um, uh, listening uh, tool that you used? Sure. So there are actually two. One is called Lizgo, L-I-S-G-O, and the other one is just called Article mm-hmm. Reader. Now, there's also another one called Natural Read. So there you go. You've got three options. Have a um, have a pick. The the third one, you copy and paste text into it, and then it reads it to you. Uh, the thing I like about the other two is you just email it to a specific uh, email address, which will be something, some crazy random code, at adpocket.com. And then when you open up the application, 
the text is already there for you for you to listen to. Okay, great. Thanks for the tips. It was interesting to hear about that, and I will definitely check them out. So, because I'm often out walking and listening then to podcasts and others, and then articles could be if you, because often you you do this bookmarking thing and and save for later or send the email to yourself. But now, if you could listen to it, that could be a neat thing, and you could do so-called save time. Well, the major thing about it too is if you email it to yourself now instead of well, if you were me now instead of getting 150 emails a day, you're getting 165. Yeah, now that's just going to clog your email, and then you've got all these emails. You've sent yourself tasks, but then you've also sent yourself articles, so you ignore the emails you send yourself, and you're actually missing jobs you should have been doing. So that doesn't work. The next thing is you bookmark them, and that means that you put them off to read at another time. Another time is this magical land where nothing ever happens. So that never ha- you're never going to read That's those either. Point. But it also doesn't create a reading and list of the order that you save them, and a lot of times that it bookmark. Yeah. What did you say? With, with the bookmark? Sorry? Oh, yeah, so the bookmark leaves a major issue as well. The benefit with this is when you send it across to your ad pocket account, it automatically loads, and then next time you've got downtime, you just pick it up and listen. You, you could be at a doctor and you go, oh, I forgot to bring a book. Well, now you can read that blog post that you want to do quickly and easily. It's simple that way. Um, and yeah, as I said, the great thing about it is it's got a great way of ordering it and keeping things simple. Hmm. Yeah, very great, great tip there. Yes, I was asking you, if, if you would listen to somebody in the future, who would you want to me to interview as a future guest? And what kind of topic, if you have any speciality or interest? Sure. So uh, there are a couple of people um, that I'm always interested in hearing from. So I'm always interested in hearing from people uh, from the land of digital marketing because that's an industry that I'm now learning quite substantially. All uh, of my early businesses were 100% outbound focused. I'm well known in the industry for turning my business 100% inbound for seven um, in seven months. And I'm not talking... I now have two inquiries and I make $20,000 a year. I'm talking a six-figure consulting business, 100% inbound within seven months. My whole business now, I don't uh, actively go out looking for clients. All I do is do interviews like this, uh, Google, and all of my external media and through social media, I develop a six-figure business out of many different platforms. Things like Twitter, who, which I never used to use, I develop out um, a six-figure income out of. Things like LinkedIn, same. Now, the um, so I'm always looking for new content in the digital marketing space to help better what I do because I, it terrifies me how many people that claim themselves as social media and online strategists mm. who read some books a few years ago and are still suggesting what they suggested three years ago. Not, so many things have changed. Actually, nothing is the same. So it's terrifying to me that they do that. So uh, people like Neil Patel uh, have got some great content. Be careful, though. There's a lot of his content that goes back years, Mm. and you could spend an entire month integrating advice that he gives you that's often out of date. So make sure the content that you've got is fresh and up-to-date. I also think that Brian Tracy would make a great guest on your show, Uh, and he still does accept uh, accept, uh, invitations, so you may be able to reach out to him. Um, and then thirdly, I think that um, Tim Ferriss from 4-Hour Workweek would make an amazing guest as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy and I have his books and uh, also listen to his podcast show and I know friends that are very 
into him. So he's a fascinating guy. So thanks for uh, for the tip there. And um, anything else that you want to to add or any thoughts or that you want to share here? Look, I think the main thing that's important for everybody to understand is that all of the information that I just gave and all the information on the rest of your episodes is 100% useless if people don't take action, if people don't implement that advice. And be careful here, unless the advice is validated, make sure that the advice that you're following is well thought out and you know the person that's giving that advice has a proven track record of success. But then if you don't take action, it's on you that you're still in the mediocrity of life 10 years from now. Robert Kiyosaki actually talks about this. He says most people don't um, – the reason why there's not more millionaires in this world is that most people aren't willing to take any risk. He also says that most people want to wait until all the lights are green before they'll even put their foot on the accelerator as opposed to something, someone like myself who will see a few red lights in the distance and just believes that those red lights will go green by the time I get there. Now, I don't just wish and hope and, and you know, keep my fingers crossed. My focus is on learning and researching how to make those lights turn green, whether that be listening to books on Audible, reading blog posts, or actively looking for that information. But at least I've got my foot to the pedal, and I'm moving forward. So I'm suggesting everybody start to move forward and then look for the resources to turn those red lights green. Great, uh, very sound advice. And uh, uh, if listeners and readers and followers of uh, you and myself want to continue the conversation and take action, uh, ideas in action, they could follow me at uh, EgoNetCast or Lyceum, Aristotle's school in Athens, uh, or going to EgoNetCast.com. And then if you want to support, then forward slash support. And please, uh, Matthew, uh, please repeat your uh, sites on the interwebs. Sure. So my web address is matthewpollard.com. And if you go to matthewpollard.com forward slash growth, you'll be able to get that email sequence that I suggested to you. There's only 13, but they break down the entire principles of rapid growth and how you can apply them to your business. Also, you can find me on Twitter at at Matthew Pollard underscore, LinkedIn, Matthew Pollard Speaker, Facebook, Matthew Pollard Speaker. And also, as I said, if you just type in my name in Google, you'll be able to see me come up about eight or nine times on the, on the homepage. And some of those will be at places like Entrepreneur, Inc., uh, CEO, and Salesforce.com, GetResponse, all these lovely places that I've been published uh, where I give away some amazing free content. So make sure you check that out too. That's great. And uh, I will end uh, with, with a question that Chris Brogan uh, is often asking in his, in his email. Uh, he's saying, what are you drinking right now? Right now I'm drinking uh, black tea. Do you have a favorite beverage? Yes, definitely. Well, in the morning, which it is here at the moment, I drink mate tea. Uh, and mm -hmm. mate tea is because, because I'm much more creative now. When I used to be in sales, coffee was fine. Uh, however, mm. mate tea, I found, actually levels me out so I don't get those big highs and those big lows like I, once I got older, started to get with coffee. So mate yep. tea is something that I'm drinking right now. But I'm a big advocate of water, and if you don't drink enough water in the, in the day, then your creativity will limit yourself so much. So make sure you drink enough water. Yeah, 
and uh, that's good advice. And with that, I say cheerio and cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks.